This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you guys switched on me. You switched on me. <laughs> Keep talking. They're not hearing this, right? Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell with you here tonight. And this is a new year. Happy New Year to everyone. And just want to thank those listeners that are going to be tuning in tonight. And just want to say, again, Happy New Year. I am excited, of course, uh, that the Lord God of Heaven saw fit to allow me to be a part of this year. And um, I'm praying that he would order us step up. Before we do anything tonight, we are going to go before the God of Heaven. We're going to ask his blessing upon the, pro- the broadcast. All right. And so um, before we begin... We're going to start off with a word of prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Father, we are asking that you would pour out your spirit upon us, that you would have your way in our hearts, and that you would order our steps for this year. We are asking, Lord, that you would be glorified in everything that we say and do, and that we would continue to be vessels of honor, bringing glory and honor to your great name wherever we go. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And the number to call here, 866-423-9578 to be a part of our program. Again, that number, 866-423-9578. All right, um, we're going to deal with a subject tonight as a new year. And so we are going to look at sin in our lives, and what does it do uh, to our believers? And so that is the topic for tonight. I am going to um, open up the Word of God here, and we're going to just look at Psalms 51. As David talked about what happened to him when he sinned, and we know that Psalms 51 was written on behalf of um, the fact that um, Nathan, the prophet, came to David and pointed out his sin. And his response to that rebuke from the prophet Nathan, he wrote Psalms 51. And we're going to read through that, and then we're going to just look at some of the things and really let you know what sin does to a believer. 
And so David said here in Psalms 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. He says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. And then he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise, for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build a wall of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bull, bulls on your altar. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing and the doing and the communicating of his word. And so what we are talking about here tonight is what happened when a Christian sinned. What happened? Just what happened to us? And so um, I want to, first of all, look at sin and what it is. And just looking at what the Bible says about sin, what the Bible calls it. We don't make this up. This is what the Bible says. So first of all, we're going to look at what the Bible says about sin. And in First John chapter 3 and verse 4, we get a, a clear definition here of what sin is. And I'm going to go to First John Chapter 3 and verse 4. Let my fingers do the walking in the Bible pages. And this is what it says here in First John chapter 3 and verse 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. It is breaking God's law. We know that. The Bible let us know that there's ten commandments. And um, we break them every day. Um, and the Bible says, if you break one of them, you've broken them all. So the first definition here that we have of sin is lawlessness. Then we look at there is iniquity. And iniquity is deviating from what is right. It includes our inner motivation, the very thing we try to keep hidden from other people and God. They are the wrong that spring up from our own corrupt nature. And in James chapter 1, 
it talks about that when we sin, and I'm going to go there to Brother James, James chapter 1 and verse uh, 14. I'll start in um, verse 14 of, of James um, and just what he says about uh, sin. Each one, he said, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away from his own desires and enticed. When he's drawn away from his own desire, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And so we see there that iniquity is another also defined as sin. So when you see the word sin in the Bible, you have to look at it. Is it lawlessness? Is it iniquity? Is it missing the mark? That's another uh, definition. And Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, always missing the mark. And we do this all the time. Like an arrow missing a target. Sin is falling short of the goal that has been set. God's goal is Christ. And the purpose of all of life is to live up to the life of Christ. And when we fail to follow his example, we miss the mark and fall short of God's divine standard. So missing the mark, again here in Romans 3.23, that's another um, definition. Then there is trespassing, putting yourself in God's place. Trespassing, stepping on God's divine territory. You know, and so trespassing, we see that in Psalms 51 as we read it, and we're going to go through it again. We're going to see these words. We're going to see transgression. We're going to see iniquity. You know, these um, David is specifically um, confessing here in, in this um, Psalms 51, and he is giving a clear picture, just like the word in uh, 1 John 1, 9, that we are in agreement with God about what we have done wrong. But it's not just being in agreement. It is agreeing with God that we have broken the heart of God. It grieves God when we sin. And so we have to deal with that grief as well. You know, it's not just coming in and and then when you say that you did the wrong, are you just saying it because you've been caught? Are you saying it because of the the consequences of that sin? What? Why are you saying it? And so then we also have here um, unbelief. This is a this is huge. It's a sin because it is an insult to the truth of God's word. We're insulting God. God tells us one thing in his word, and we don't believe it. And remember, Jesus said in John 8, 24, that if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sin. And so unbelief is that sin, insult, the truth of God. The Bible said anyone who believes in the Son of God has the truth that God told us. Anyone who does not believe make God a liar because that person does not believe what God has told us about his Son. Um, and we see that unbelief shut the door to heaven and open open it up for hell because we don't believe what God is saying. I mean, and we, we, we ignore God's testimony. First John chapter 5, the testimony, God is giving a testimony of his son. And so when we ignore that testimony, that definitely is unbelief, and it rejects the word of God and refuse Christ as Savior, unbelief caused people to ignore the gospel and deny all those miracles that Jesus did. Unbelief, and that's why Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sin. So definitely we have um, that uh, to deal with. So we are going to look at this Psalms 51. I'm just unpacking just what happens to us when we sin. Because we know that we the Lord has told us 
you know, if we confess our sin, coming in it and in it being in agreement, letting God know that we're in agreement with what he says, um, letting him know that we understand the grief, that we have grieved him, grieving the heart of God. And so that what that is what the sin does. So first of all, as we look at um, Psalms 51 and looking at the word of David, this is what he said, have mercy upon me, O God, because when you sin, you need the mercy and the grace of God. David said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. And this word loving kindness is a covenant word, hesed, and it's seen in use a lot with the covenant. So David is crying, calling upon God, um, asking for this uh, mercy and, and God's loving kindness, appealing to God's loving kindness. And he said, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgression. So you see the action word here? Because sin need to be dealt with. David wanted his transgression, his breaking of God's law. He wanted that to be blot out. And then he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. So we see here that sin dirties the soul. I mean, as a believer, and that's one of the markers of a believer, because when you sin, the Holy Spirit is not going to let you get off scotch-free. You are, you know, feeling the weight of that. And we, we see that even in Psalm 32, as David talked about and described how it felt when he sinned. And I'm going to go there real quick to Psalms 32, um, just to show you what um, David, King David here is saying and uh, how the weight that sin has upon us. So here in Psalms 32, David said this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. You see the three words there? Transgression, you see sin, and you see iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. And then David said, when I kept silent, this is what happened when we don't confess our sin, when we don't go to God in agreement with him, letting him know the, the grief that we understand that we have grieved him, grieved the holy God. He said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long, for your hand was upon me, heavy. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And then he says, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. You know how you feel in the summertime when that heat come down on you and you feel drained? You just want to go inside, get a something cool to drink and, and not come back out. And you feel drained. That David said that is how it feels. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. And then look at what happened when he acknowledged his sin. He said, I, I acknowledge my sin to you. I told on myself. I came and I lay it out before you because I, when we sin, we have to deal with our own sin. I can't deal with your sin because I don't know what you've done, and you can't deal with mine. We, it's our responsibility, first of all, to be truthful, and it is our responsibility to take that sin and, and go to the Lord and confess that. So he said, and, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. And he goes on uh, to talk about that. But we see that what sin does to us. So David dirties our soul, first of all, and, and it drains us 
and as, and as believers, because we are Christian, because we have the Holy indwelling Holy Spirit, we have to deal with sin. And that is not a game for us to do. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win. I've got some exciting news in addition to listening to us on Faith Talk FM 92.7 and AM 1500. You can now stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Choose News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms like Beatrice, living in Guatemala, where more than half the people live in extreme poverty, where 8 out of 10 children are chronically malnourished. When you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you bring food, water, hope, and love. Your compassion answers the prayers of moms like Beatrice. For a little less than a dollar a day, you can bring hope and love in the form of food for a year and water for life through Food for the Poor. You can make your life-saving gift now. Call 855-849-4673. 855-849-HOPE. 855-849-HOPE. Or click the Food for the Poor banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. There are two radio stations in this city that focus on good news. One has the good news about the economy, jobs, consumer confidence, and the defeat over ISIS. One has the good news about the victory over the cross. One is all about the here and now. The other is all about eternity. To get through the day, you need both. So when you want to know more about the day's news and what to think about it, turn to FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. If you want to change your life, turn to FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you. Um, if, uh, if you want to call in and uh, ask for some prayer or something, uh, the number is 866 866- Four two three nine five seven eight. Again, that number is eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. And tonight we are dealing with what happens when a Christian sin. 
And since it's a new year, I know we want to get our life in order and we want to, you know, just start off right. And we just want to be able to, um, you know, go before the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, and just lay our hearts out before him. And so we want to be clean and um, cleansed from our sins. So what happened? So um, before um, I... The first time we talked about the definition of sin, the lawlessness, we looked at iniquity, we looked at missing the mark, we looked at trespassing, we looked at unbelief. And so we are looking at Psalms 51 as David sinned and um, was confronted by Nathan the prophet. He responded with Psalms 51 and we are looking through Psalms 51. We just got finished with Psalms 32 because it talks about um, sin when we keep silent about our sin, how, you know, how we feel. And so um, just going back to Psalms 51, now as to the things that sin, and if you, those of you, I know a lot of you have told me that you're writing things down, and so um, if that's what you're doing, that's fine. Um, there's a few things that I'm going to talk about here that sin does to a believer. And so um, if you have your pen and all that, we can start now. So the first thing that sin does, it dirties the soul. David said, cleanse me, wash me. Blot out my transgression. So we see that in Psalms 51, verses 1 um, to 3. He talks about um, how sin dirties the soul, and it dominates the mind. In verse 3, he says here, For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is always before me. When we sin, and, and we go around, and we don't deal with it, because you have to deal with sin. It separates us, first of all. From God, I mean, it hinders our prayer life. And so you want to get that taken care of. So it dominates the mind, and it's in your mind all the time. The Holy Spirit brings it there to you so that you can come and come to the Lord and, and, and confess it. And But not just casually, you know, frivolously, yeah, I'm going to just tell God about it. That's not, God is looking at the heart. That's what he looks at. And so when you come um, to confess your sin to him, first of all, you've got to be in agreement that, what you know? Tell him the truth about it. Don't you know? Make up stories and you know uh, make excuses for it. You wanna confess it to the Lord. He already knows what you've done. He's not looking for information, but he's looking at the heart because you. It should hurt you that you have grieved the Holy God. God is grieved. It's not only that we sin and we just come confess. We have grieved a Holy God. God sees our sin in real time. He's outside of time, but he sees our sin. And that alone is, is something that, as believers, we want to keep in mind because sometimes we sit and we watch programming on television and we play games. And, you know, is this something that you could sit with Jesus? If Jesus came to visit you, could this be a program that you sit and watch with him? So we, we want to make sure that we, we are dealing with sin on a daily basis. And we know the scripture says, uh, it tells us, if we say we have not sinned, there are those that believe that as after, when you become saved, you don't sin anymore. That right there is a sin. You just lied because that's not true. We are not sinless, but we are sinning less and less. And sin has to be dealt with. And that's, that's why God sent his son, his one and only son, to die on the cross in our place. He who knew no sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 lets us know that. He made him, God the Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may become the righteousness of God in him. That is the divine exchange. God the Father sent his son. His son took our punishment and gave us righteousness. 
And so Jesus is giving us his righteousness and he takes our sin and nailed it to the cross. And we get to walk away free out of the, the, the courtroom that we liken this to. So we look at what sin does. So number one, if those of you that are just turning on, coming in, sin dirties the soul. You see over and over in Psalms 51, David is asking for to be cleansed. Wash me, cleanse me, purge me, um, create in me a clean heart, restore to me, because sin destroys. And so we have to really consciously deal with that. We don't want to get callous. We need to take time as believers to sit before a holy God because the question is, how do I look to Jesus? That's what counts. How do I look to, we may look okay to everyone else, but how do I look to Jesus? And we need to go before the Lord, asking this, him this question periodically. And then when we know that we have sinned, we go to him and we deal with that. Sin dominates the mind. And I just said that in verse 3. He said, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. And then sin also disgraces the Lord. It does. Look at what verse 4 says. Against you, God, you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Look at that. It disgraces the Lord. Against you, David, tell, when every sin that we do, and make a note of this, every sin that we commit is always against God because God made the rule. He set up the commandments. So when we sin, we sin against a holy God, and then we sin against the human that we have sinned against. And it's good to go and, 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 and confess to your brother and sister, letting them know what you've done. Um, sometimes that might not be a good idea because you're just telling them right now, and they're just learning of it and, you know, the anger and everything that goes with that. But your goal is to please the Lord. So then it tells us here again another thing that sin does to us. Sin depresses the heart. Look at verse 8 here of Psalms 51. He said, make me to hear joy and gladness. When we, when we sin, it's, it's hard to be joyful. So David says, make me to hear joy and gladness. You know, sin depresses the heart. Um, and then he said that the bones you have broken may rejoice. The bones you uh, may rejoice. Look at that. Sin robs us of joy. And David wanted to hear the joy and gladness. And when you look at Psalm 32, it just brings that restoration back there. Blessed is he whose sin is um, forgiven, who the Lord does not count iniquity. We see that. So this is why we have to deal with the sin, because only God can forgive our sins. You know, contrary to popular belief, um, some people go to the priest and they, and they confess. They do a confession. But that, that, is, that is wrong to do that. Because the Bible tells us that there is only one mediator between God and man. And that is the man, Jesus Christ. And his qualification is there. Who gave himself a ransom. Only Jesus can forgive our sins because he is the only one that gave himself a ransom. So let's say that you have a priest that you go to to confess. First of all, that's a waste of time because he cannot tell you that your sins are forgiven. He might say the words, but he cannot um, forgive you because he doesn't have the qualification to forgive you. He never gave his life a ransom for you. So he can't forgive you. And then you can't go to Mary either because Mary 
needs a Savior as well. And she said that in Luke chapter 1, that she rejoiced, her soul rejoiced, magnifies the Lord, and she rejoiced in the God of her salvation. So she can't help you either. There's only one place that sin can be dealt with, and that is in Christ. And so you bring yourself to the Lord. You come in in agreement with him, letting him know what you have done. You are letting him know that you you are um, grieved, that you have grieved the heart of God. Sin grieves God's heart. And that's the thing. A lot of time I don't believe we deal with the grief that um, that God has there to let him know that you are sorry, like he said in the Psalms, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And so, um, so let's go over our list here, our checklist of what sin does to us. And this is what happened when a Christian sinned. You're dirty. Your soul is dirty now, David, and you feel dirty, you know, and it dominates your mind. It's in your mind all the time, and you're thinking about it. And see, and, and the longer you take to, to deal with it, it's the worse it gets, because the Bible tells you to give no place to the devil. So when you sin and you know to know it to be sin, as soon as you the Holy Spirit convicts you and you know it, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, John sixteen, um, verses five through seven. And so um, when you sin and you come to God and you lay it out before Him, letting Him know that you are sorry for this sin, and you know, and and not just regular sorry, because we're going to look at Second Corinthians chapter seven as well as as what godly sorrow look like. So, sin dirties the soul. David said, cleanse me, wash me. Sin dominates the mind, verse 3. You know, and then he asked, um, you know, whether you, you this definitely let you know the test, whether you are saved or not. Um, if you sin, and you, and you can just sin and ignore it. If you can ignore it, then maybe you need to go back to the cross, because you, we deal with sin. It disgraces the Lord. David said, it's against you, Lord. Against the Lord. Can you imagine that every sin that we do, it's against God and it disgraces the Lord. Verse 4 of uh, Psalms 51, it depresses the heart. A lot of time we go through depression. And if you really check and ask the Lord, you find that there's some sin, that unconfessed sin that you have lingering there or habitual sin. You continue to sin. Contrary to popular belief that when you come to Christ that you are sinless, it is not true. You are sinning less and less, but you are not sinless. And then sin diseased the body. Look at the, uh, the verse 8 again. He talked about that the bones you have broken may rejoice. So sin in your life without repentance can actually make your body feel sick. I will say that again. Sin in your life without repentance can actually make your body sick. Um, and this, this in Psalm 51, is just a figure of speech about the broken, um, the bones broken. You know, like saying you are crushed, literally. Because when a believer sin, the Holy Spirit is not going to let you just sit there and just forget it. David had, a, this. Uh, some theologians say over a year that David didn't, you know, because when Nathan presented the, the sin to David, and he did it in a hypothetical way at first, so David didn't know it was him. And then Nathan asked, what should be done to such a man? And David had all these heavy-duty things that were supposed to be done. And then Nathan the prophet said this, Thou art the man. 
And that really crushed David. And now that's why we have Psalms 51 here. Right before us, David responds to um, his sin when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet. Also, another thing that sin does, it defiles the spirit. Look at verse 10. Create in me, David said, it's almost like he was saying, I don't even want to, this heart that I have, I mean, I, I want another one. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's what sin does. It makes, it defiles us, you know. And so we, we the, 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 it's like the lamb and the pig. Both sin, are, you know, they both fall in the mud. Guess who is getting out first? The lamb. The pig is going to sit and wallow a little bit. But the lamb is jumping out because he does not belong in mud. A Christian don't belong in sinville. We, our job is to keep our eyes on the king. And when we fall short, like this is what one of the um, the definition of sin, when we fall short and we continue to fall short, according to Romans chapter three, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's continuous action. We're continuously doing that daily, and so when we recognize sin in our lives, we go to God, and it, thankfully, we, He hears your thought. You can say a prayer in your thought, but sin defiled the spirit. And that's why he asked for a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. You know, Nathan created a parable to to show David how defiled his spirit was. Because David, at the whole time Nathan is talking to him about the situation, David is coming up with um, all kind of things that we should do. And he didn't even know he was the one until Nathan said, Thou art the man. And that's when it hit home. You know, and he responded by writing this psalm. And so it's one that we should really, you know, continue to look at, uh, read, because God wants a clean heart. And that's what he tells us. Our sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. So when you come to God, you should come with a broken. It, It hurts you that you have violated God's word and you have grieved the heart of God. That's what this is all about. Another thing that sin does to us, it destroys our testimony. Sin destroys our testimony. Let's look at those verses. Um, First of all, David said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, restoration, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then he says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways. See, when sin and a lot of us don't share the gospel, and we don't talk about the Lord because of the sin in our lives. It keeps us bound. And we have to remember that we're set free. When Christ died on the cross and he died for your sin, he said it is finished. And you have to come to God knowing that your sins are forgiven. So he says here, then I will teach sinners. I'll teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. That is what the thing that sin does. It destroys your testimony. And that's one of the things as believer we want to think about. Sin destroys your testimony. It shuts you up. And so you can't even talk about God because when you open your mouth, all of what you've done and people don't forget sometimes. They don't forget. They're going to use that. Are you supposed to be a Christian? And you hear, are you supposed to be a Christian? You're doing this, you're doing that. You're supposed to be a Christian. It destroys your testimony, shuts your mouth, and you're not able to witness. That's the thing we got to really keep in mind. Is it worth it? 
that you can't even talk about it. Jesus left, when before he left, he says that he wants us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we can't even do that because we have sin in our lives. We're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If you're like most people, then saving money in 2020 is on your New Year's resolution list. At Cash Call Mortgage, that's one resolution we can help you achieve. Right now, we're offering an incredibly low 2.875%, 3.076% APR, 15-year fixed loan. So if you have a mortgage interest rate of 2.99% or greater, call us and see how much you can save on your current mortgage payment. We can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. At Cash Call Mortgage, our New Year's resolution is to help folks save money and have a happier financial new year. For a free quote to see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call us at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com.
Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell with you here today, excited about this new year, excited about what God is going to do in our lives and in our heart. And so the topic tonight is what happened when a Christian sinned. I believe as a new year, you know, we want to start off new, and I believe that this is a good place to start, to look at the sin in our lives and not just to be just casual about it and you know, flippity-floppity about it. We need to deal with sin. God hates it. Um, He deals harshly with it. And so we want to, and he's made a provision. Um, 1 John 1, 9 lets us know that if we confess, if we come to God and lay it out, um, our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at um, 1 John 1, 9, and then we're going to also look at um, Second Corinthians chapter seven, and to see what just what the Bible says about this, because we want to know um, to do what God has told us to do, and we want to do it in a biblical fashion. We want to know that we're doing what is right in His sight. So, First um, John one nine tells us that if we, if it's conditional, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and God is just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So God's job is forgiveness and cleansing, and our job is confessing it to God. And so here I want you to look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and we're going to just begin in verse 1, and look at what it says here, Therefore, and you always have to know what the therefore is there for, um, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so he goes on to talk about opening your heart to us and we have, you know, wronged no one and all of that. But I'm going to move on down to um, verse 7 here of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And uh, he talks here about, and not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which which he was comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoice even more. And then he says here, even for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So there is a godly sorrow. When we come to God and we are sorry, we're sorry about the fact that we have grieved God's heart. And it's the godly sorrow that leads to repentance. You know, and then when we come and we confess our sin... You know, we shouldn't have it in our mind um, to, you know, we're just getting ready to just say this so that we can go back and do the same thing. Godly sorrow. You know, we have to be so- do something about what we're sorry about. <clears throat> and so when we come to God and we tell him that we're sorry for our sins, then we have to have a plan in place. You know, um, you're living with somebody. And um, you go to God and you confess, Lord, I'm sorry I'm living here with this person. We're not married. And, you know, it's fornication. But don't just go to God and, and tell him 
and then go back to doing the same thing. You move out. Somebody move out. You know, get out. May, you know, we have to, you cannot make provision for sin and provision for the flesh. And so you want to, so the godly sorrow produces repentance and you're doing something about what you're sorry about. And oftentimes I see, you know, where people say this, let's say you have an abusive husband that is beating his wife and he tell her, oh, honey, I'm sorry, I just got upset and, you know, my hand just slipped. And, um, I, but it won't happen again. And then a couple hours later, we're back to square one. You know, godly sorrow, you have to have a plan in place. You need help. You need to see a, a, a counselor. And so some, something has to, you can't just say you're sorry and do nothing about it. One story that um, I'm familiar with um, in the New Testament, um, in Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. I know, I don't know if you, many of you remember that story. And he... Um, sinned against his father. He told him that he wished he was dead, basically, because if you ask for the inheritance and your parents are still alive, you're telling them, hurry up and die, or I wish you were dead so I can get the money. And so this young man, um, you know, asked for his portion of the goods and um, that fall to him, and, and so the father divided it and, and, and gave it to him. And then he left and went out and lived a riotous living um, in a far country and wasted all the money and everything. And then when he spent all of it and a famine came in the land and all of that was going on and he was in, in want. And then finally, he came to his senses and then he made some plans. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And then when, and when, and when he comes to his father, he's going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of the hired servants. Now, he made the plan in his mind. Yeah, I'm going to get up from here. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to tell him I've sinned against heaven because every sin is against God. I've sinned against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then he not only made the plans, he acted on the plan. And so when he came to himself, and that's what he said, he's going to go, and he talked about the hired servant that his father had. And then when he arose and came to his father, um, and while he was still afar off, and it's just really so precious to let us see that God is looking for you to return. When you sin, God is still looking for you to return to him. And so in this story in verse 20 of um, Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, it said, And he arose, and he came to his father. And when, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, he could have said, okay, my dad's received me back. Maybe, you know, I won't have to say anything. But no, he had his plan made at what he was going to do. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry, for this son who was lost, was dead, is now alive. He was lost, and now he's found, and they began to be merry. So God is looking, but the man, did, this young man did not just have plans on paper or in his mind. He acted out on it. He did something. We have to do things. When we sin, we come to God. We confess the, the, the sin. We let God know. And we, and we ask God forgiveness, too, for grieving him. And then we have a plan in place. 
If so if you're living with somebody, now you're gonna you're looking for somewhere to live, you're moving out. Uh, if it's alcohol, you're drinking, you stop drinking it, you get rid of them bottles, and you might have to suffer withdrawal, but hey, you can you can do it. But you have to have a plan in place and you have to and we see clearly in um Second Corinthians chapter seven, here at the first verse of what it says, it talks about us cleansing. We have to do our part. You know, God is going to cleanse us and forgive us, and but we have our part to do as well. We can't just run back to what we just came out of. And so it said, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. In the run-up to Christmas, you may have seen coverage of an editorial in Christianity Today by the magazine's outgoing editor-in-chief, Mark Galley, calling for the impeachment of President Trump. The editorial set off a whirlwind. Galley called the president's actions with regard to Ukraine profoundly immoral. None of the president's positives, Galley said, can balance the moral and political danger we face under a leader of such grossly immoral character, end quote. Many looking at this have said that what is evident is a split between an evangelical elite against President Trump and populist evangelicals for the president. I'd argue that there's a third category. That is American evangelicals who understand fully the moral issues at stake, but who also understand the political context and have made a decision to support President Trump. Not out of mere political expediency and certainly not out of naivete, but out of their own analysis of what is at stake. That analysis, rather than CT's editorial, is likely to have real impact. Sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the news talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun. Sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> you're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station.
Well, praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. Our time just flew away like that. But um, just want to uh, recap on what we've covered so far, what happened when a Christian sinned, and, um, you know, went through the definition of sin and what it is in God's eyes. And we looked at lawlessness, it's uh, iniquity, it's missing the mark, it's trespassing, it's also unbelief, sin. And then what happened when a Christian sinned? And based on Psalms 51, David, being confronted by Nathan the prophet, wrote these things down, and um, we just went through the um, reading it and just looking at the, the effect of sin on our lives, that um, David had to keep using these, these action words, um, cleanse me, blot out, you know, my transgression, um, you know, uh, restore to me, and all of these things. So we looked at the, fa- the fact what sin does to a Christian, first of all, it dirties your soul. David said, cleanse me and wash me. You see the word all over, over and over. Purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. So we see that sin dirties our soul. It dominates our mind. It's in your mind all the time. You know, and David um, recognized that, you know, um, and he talks about that, the sin, you know, um, you know, in his mind over and over. And let me just turn there so I don't say anything extra. Add to the Word of God, give you something from uh, first and second opinion. I don't want to do that. So David says here that his sin is always before him. When we sin as believer, because the Bible tells us in, um, I think it's Proverbs 28, um, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsake them will have mercy. That's in uh, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. And then in that same chapter, verse 9 says, One who turns away his ears from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Sin messes us up. And then, um, so it dominates, it dirties the soul, it dominates the mind, it disgraces the Lord. When you sin, it brings disgrace. Look at what David says here in verse 4. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So he let us see that it disgraces the Lord. It depresses the heart. And we see that in verse 8 and verse 12. David talks about, uh, in verse 8, he said, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Verse 12, he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. So we see that sin depresses the heart. It also diseases the body. In verse 8, he talked about the bone um, being crushed there. It defiles the spirit. That's why David said, Create in me, O God, a clean heart. In other words, the heart I have, it's just bad, Lord. Just just make me a brand new one. Create in me. And see, when, da- when Nathan approached David, um, he, came, he came to him in a parable form. Yeah, and then it just shows you how defiled David was, that he didn't know it was him until Nathan said, Thou art the man. And that's when David's heart was pierced right there, when he tell him it was him. And also, sin destroys the testimony. As a believer, sin will destroy your testimony. If you have, you know, hiding and sinning, it will come forth. He says that God will bring every work, you know, bring it out of uh, every secret thing. So it's good to deal with it. Um, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, you take time. And sit down and deal with the sin. Go to God because I'm telling you, sin and sin and servitude 
is not compatible. You're not going to be sinning and serving. You know, when you read Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and he came into the presence of the Lord, Isaiah saw himself. He saw the sin. He said, Woe is me, a man of unclean lips, and I live among unclean people. And when he dealt with the sin, um, he was clean. His iniquity was forgiven, and then he was ready for service. Then they said, Who will go for us? And um, squeaky clean Isaiah said, here I am, send me. So we as believers, we want to deal with sin. We are in a new year. It's um, the beginning of the year and we should have a plan in place to deal with our sin. And we come to God and telling him on ourselves, letting him know that we have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Women Building Women um, on uh, this Friday, the 17th, join us at Strictly Biblical for... Women Building Women, it's an awesome program, and I look to see you there. I will be there as well. God bless. See you soon. Bye-bye. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ministry. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.